The views expressed on The Rob Schilling Show by the host or guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Mr. Schilling and his guests do not necessarily reflect the view of the Charlottesville Radio Group or any members of management or staff. It's Rob Schilling and the multi, 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 and many more multis, award-winning Schilling Show, telling the story of Charlottesville like no one else can or will. Charlottesville's community watchdog on News Radio 98.9 and AM 1070 WINA. Well, thank you, Dr. Turner. Welcome, friends and fellow citizens of the world, to the one and only award-winning Schilling Show, multi-award winning in our 15th year. And we're pleased to be here. It is a privilege for me to address you daily and to have such a loyal and dedicated group of listeners, even lots of people, I'm going to say this quietly, lots of people who disagree, but they can't pull themselves away from the program. There's something valuable here for you, wherever you are. So even, and especially if you disagree, you know you're welcome here. 977-1070, that's the phone number. Comments, questions, challenges, concerns, all fielded by this host on this program. We've got lots to talk about today on The Shilling Show. You can send me an email, robs at wina.com. And we'll be speaking at the bottom of the hour with a group called City Elders. Brad Huddleston will be here. And we're going to be talking about how you can, in your own community, work to take the community back, work to achieve rationality in governance. And so coming up at the bottom of the hour, Kevin Harris and Brad Huddleston from City Elders over in the Valley. And by the way, they've been so kind as to invite me to address their group tomorrow, which I'm truly looking forward to. I think it's going to be a great time. So I love these opportunities to speak to groups. And I also love the opportunity to have Brad Huddleston, who's been our guest before a few times, and also Kevin Harris from City Elders to come and join us on the air with an uplifting message of how we can change things. And, you know, that's kind of been what this program and really what I've been about since my public service all those years ago in the Charlottesville City Council and uh, my time here on the radio, which followed almost immediately. It's been about changing things for the better fixing problems in this community that have been created by people who are debased. Um, speaking of debased ideas, I spent a good amount of time with you yesterday talking about the very latest blog post online at shillingshow.com by our guest editorialist entitled Insanity Squared, Almal County Government Schools Bus Driver Shortage solutions will create larger problems. And we spent a lot of time on that yesterday, but just to kind of put an exclamation point, by the way, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend reading it. It's been visited by over 400 people in just a very short time. And, you know, this is a very narrow topic. You know, we're, we're talking about bus drivers here in particular. And so I'm, I'm gratified that many people have seen uh, this blog post. And if you haven't, I hope you'll go take a look at it. But to put an exclamation point on the points that we brought up to you yesterday that were examined by our guest editorialist, which was essentially, uh, this is a really, really bad idea to put kids on uh, public transportation and mix them. And a lot of people have never been on public transportation. One of our deputy community watchdogs wrote in to me yesterday with the following. 
if the Albemarle County Board of Supervisor, uh, Supervisors, uh, that was my addition, uh, would take a ride on Route 8, Route 7, or Route 10 bus some afternoon, they would immediately withdraw the proposal to use them, those buses, to transport children to school. Now, here is a litany of problems, and I'm sure this is scratching the surface because there are probably many other people who could testify to these issues. Number one, the buses are filthy. Seats are embedded with dirt, boogers, and writing with magic markers. Number two, the homeless and mentally challenged ride these buses frequently for something to do because they're free. Number three, some of the language used by riders is not fit for young ears, I can well imagine. Number four, there is no control what is being brought onto the buses as far as food, drink, etc. I once sat down on a wet seat. Another time there was a chicken bone on the floor by my seat. A young couple once sat in the back of the bus I was on and lit up their cigarettes, and the driver never said a word. Number five, I've been witness to several fights. On one occasion, one of the men involved was ready to hit the other man with a baseball bat. These are just a few of my experiences. I'd be willing to bet money that none of the board members, and in this case it would be school board, but the board of supervisors should be involved as well, have ever ridden these buses because if they have, they would never suggest they be used to transport our children. Thank you very much for the testimony from a deputy community watchdog. If you have testimony to share on that front, I'd love to hear from you. And I would invite that particular deputy community watchdog to share those comments online at shillingshow.com in the form of a comment in response to the article that's posted. It would be most helpful for many people to see what your experience has been. All right, let's go to the phones quickly here. I've got so much more to say, but just a couple minutes till I got to take a break. So let's say hello to Greg. Hello, Greg. Well, hey, Rob. I think uh, at least uh, us taxpayers should sue both the city and the county for even having to participate in the current frivolous lawsuits going on. I.e., at least one of them. Yeah. And the other thing that I think we should sue the county and the city for is I heard it on this morning, Ann Malik wanting to provide housing and shelter. For panhandlers, oh, well, I guess San Francisco, once they get the notion of that, they'll move half of San Francisco to the city of Charlottesville. So I'm going to assume for all of it, because in my opinion, anything that's not spent on just normal stuff, infrastructure, is frivolous. And I'm tired of these liberals. I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of paying $6 because they believe in climate change. And I'm tired of take, paying taxes for other people to sit on their, you know what, yeah. while we're out here working in 98-degree weather. You forgot to mention tired of paying five cents for grocery bags thanks to Tax Anthem and the pickpockets. So now when you go there and you get a plastic bag for groceries, just like in D.C. and in Maryland, you're going to get charged an extra five cents so they can line their pockets. I thought communism was illegal in this country. And here's the other thing. These people are going to run this country to the ground at the local, state, and federal level. They've destroyed energy. That uh, high-eyebrowed woman who's blonde hair, who's head of the energy department, says, go out and buy a $56,000 electric vehicle. Well, if they ever come up with a truck, which I doubt they will, it wouldn't work, and then I'd have to get a generator and put it in the back of the truck to charge it because I'm down in East Egypt trying to get some work done. 
Yeah, it's a colossally bad idea. I have no problem with the concept if people want a choice, but it shouldn't be subsidized. And we've all been subsidizing the rich people buying their Teslas over the last many years. Uh, They should pay their own freight. And if you want to have an electric vehicle and be subject to the whims of that sort of transportation, that's fine. But uh, don't cram it down the throats of the rest of us, which is exactly what they're doing. This is all intentional. The high gas prices that by that blithering idiot in the White House, it's all on him. It's sitting in his lap, and he's screaming at everybody, trying to blame everybody else. This guy is a lunatic. Well, whoever voted for him in this county is part of it, and I have lost all respect for him. And, you know, that's just the bottom line. You know, as far as Ann Malik, and I didn't hear her comments, but uh, building something to uh, shelter the people that are here, getting money tax-free. First of all, Ann Malik and the rest of you, I want you to start imposing taxes on panhandlers. You tax people for doing honest work. Now I want you to tax people who are sitting out there and collecting a lot more money than people doing honest work in some cases, and also to understand and admit that these people are being pimped out. That there's somebody, and I have this on very good authority, there's somebody in the judiciary who has let me know that this is the case, a very knowledgeable person, that these people are being pimped out and exploited, that someone is taking perhaps a cut. So uh, before you start looking to help them, why don't you help the rest of us? You've taxed the hell out of us for years. You picked us up by our ankles and shook us down till every last coin fell on the ground. And then you say you want to help people who refuse to get a job you want to build it, and they will come. And believe me, I heard some years ago when Charlottesville was doing all of this with Pacham and then building other sorts of shelters, that the word was out in the homeless community, the homeless community of the greater United States, that, hey, come to Charlottesville. Come here. You'll get taken care of. They have good services. And for most part of the year, the weather's pretty mild. Build it, and they will come. We are run by fools. All right, let's go to the break. Good grief. I've got to cool off. Chilling show back in a moment, 977-1070. The sacred heart is bleeding. The Schilling Show rolls on. It is a throwdown Thursday edition of the program. Something I've been meaning to get to for a while is the um, debased United States senators that uh, uh, represent Virginia in a way that's showing allegiance only to a national political agenda. That's why the 17th Amendment is so uh, off track and needs to be rescinded, eliminated, and put the appointment of senators back to the state so that they truly represent state interests. Warner and Kane are representing the party of death and the culture of death. And so I bring to you a statement of Senators Warner and Kane, Democrats, on the rescue of hundreds of dogs in acute distress from a breeding facility in Cumberland. We're thrilled to report that nearly 450 innocent dogs were finally free from abuse and neglect after being seized by federal officials. We've spent months pressing the Department of Agriculture to take action following persistent and egregious abuses of animal welfare laws, and we're glad to see enforcement officers come, enforcement efforts come to fruition. We'll continue to follow this case closely and do everything in our power to prevent further harm to innocent animals. What comes to mind there? Harm to innocent animals. Do you see something wrong with the way these people are thinking and what they do? 
you think there's harm being committed on innocent humans, which are animals with intelligence created for a special purpose by God? And yet they say nothing. In fact, what they say is kill them. Let's find more ways so that uh, women can kill their own children. Let's fund that. Let's export it throughout the world because that's valuable. And here they are sending out crocodile tears on dogs in acute distress. Now, I'm a dog lover. I'm an animal lover. And God calls us to care for his creation. But the pinnacle of God's creation is humanity and human babies in the womb. And these two purveyors of evil, of the party of death, the Democrats, sending out a statement like this, while with the other hand, the left hand, duplicitously promoting the killing of humans in the womb is unbelievable. Uh, then I look at this. Bronx Zoo, elephant, not a person. New York's top court rejected an effort to free Happy the Elephant from the Bronx Zoo, ruling a closely watched case that she does not meet the definition of a person who is being illegally confined. This was a 5-2 to two decision by the State Court of Appeals, and these two, oh my gosh, what's the matter with them, affirms an earlier court decision means Happy will not be released through a habeas corpus proceeding. You see, people are so confused as to the level, the level of creation and what God values the most. The Bronx Zoo argued Happy is neither illegally imprisoned nor a person, but a a well-cared-for elephant respected as the magnificent creature. She is, of course, a magnificent creature. Created. Creature. Created. The advocates at the Non-Human Rights Project argued that Happy is an autonomous, cognitively complex elephant worthy of the right reserved in law for a person. And yet, this very same group would never, ever, ever bestow personhood on unborn humans. And just so people understand here who've never thought about this, there is a difference, a huge difference between humans and animals. And let me just name a few of the ways that man's different from all other animals. Analytical thought, true language, recorded history, economics, art, morality, Worship, man buries its dead. Human life is different from animal life. Man is made in God's image, and man was given dominion over the animals of the earth, that we should care for them, but also to use them in ways that are beneficial to man. This attempt to promote animal life above human life, primarily by Democrats in America, is nothing short of demonic. Let's go to the phone, Sarah. We've got a couple minutes left. Let's go to Johnson City, a really cool place. I like Johnson City a lot, and I like Doug, who's calling us in from Johnson City. Hey, Doug. Hey, Rob. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I want to um, add on to what you said about the abortion issue, because as yes. you know, I'm, I'm an involuntary civil rights activist. Yes, please. And the fact, um, according to a lot of people, is that black Americans would make up 30% of the voting bloc, not 13% without Planned Parenthood. It is an indisputable fact, not statistical managing or wishing, that more black babies are aborted in New York City every year than are born alive. Yeah. Yet we need our border to be open for an unremitting stream of immigrants to fill jobs. 
And um, I don't know how much time most of your audience has spent in the community of the known and advantaged Americans, especially the marginalized ones, mm-hmm. what we call poor black people. Yeah. Very conservative in their own lives. 97% of people you meet in public housing are simply poor. There are substance abuse, mental health issues, and there's a small percentage of predators that get all the headlines and make it bad for everybody, which is enabled by uh, Democrat policies like gun control. So, um, yeah, abortion is truly evil, and in any society, any empire, you have to demonize somebody, marginalize somebody. Somebody is a loser. Um, Socrates kind of gilded over it in Ethica, didn't he? Uh, some behaviors of the lower class must be ignored. So that's where we're at, and uh, it's, it's as old as time, but it's as evil as Satan. I think you're right. Absolutely true. And by the way, if anybody wants to verify those numbers, there is a site, a website called Black Genocide. I think it's .org. It's a very grisly site, but it has the numbers that Doug just referenced about the percentages and so forth. It's evil. It's being perpetrated primarily by Democrats against black Americans and black people whom they claim to represent. Doug, great to hear from you. Uh, God's blessings in Johnson City. And I hope to get out there sometime because I have some friends there, including you, and would love to see you. All right, and I'll, I'll say hi to Joe again next time I see him. It's a great show, Rob. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, let's go back to the phones and say hello to Lawrence. Lawrence, you've been very patient. Go right ahead, please. I've got just about Thank a minute you. and a half for you. Go ahead. No, I really appreciate it, Rob. God bless. Uh, you know, and you. As far as bus safety, you know, I lived with my dad for a year in, in northern Virginia, and they did that up there in the 80s with the buses. Oh. And they're not safe because you have a little sign that you flip up where it says Metro bus. You flip it up and it says school bus. And it's just a tiny little sign. And people drive by those buses like crazy. You know, if it's a regular school bus, people are more uh, safe. But that's one issue. Um, you know, my friend Doug Wilder, 90-year-old former governor, first black governor in the country, um, is really taking the Democrats to the mat on schools, on, on a lot of issues in Richmond. Um, so I hope Brackney continues to do the good work of taking the, the, the Charlottesville Democrats, the most detestable people in Virginia, taking them to the mat, because they run the city. So if she has any complaints, there's lawsuits against the city of Charlottesville. It's against Democrats. Um, and a reminder to your listeners, Tom Piriello is a wizard behind the curtain, funding and organizing the riots and the election of DAs that are pro-crime. And, and, um, and, and one other thing is, we don't have a problem with godlessness in this in this world. We have a problem with gutlessness. There are there are too many people who believe in in the in in the scripture and the Bible who are not strong enough with their armor to stand up to what's going on right now. We need to rise up. I'm a former Democrat. I'm standing up. I'm not even going to vote that way this year. I appreciate you saying that, and that it's a perfect lead-in to what we're going to be talking about here in just a few minutes. It's about people of faith standing up and trying to take back what's, what we've seeded over the many, many years. Brad Huddleston and Kevin Harris will be with us from City Elders coming right here in the studio. I'm so excited for the conversation. So just know that that's going to be the topic right after the news. Lawrence, I thank you so much. And by the way, it's great to have you calling in from all the way across the country. Gosh, Tennessee, Washington State. It's truly a program that spans beyond our terrestrial listening area. Thank you for those calls and your participation. All right, Chilling Show back in a minute.
right, the Schilling Show rolls on here on a Throwdown Thursday, and I'm so pleased to welcome back to the studio Brad Huddleston, who's been here on several occasions, along with Kevin Harris from City Elders. I mean, this is such an important topic, people getting involved in their communities and, and restoring justice and godliness, and they have some great, great stories to tell about their successes. So Brad Huddleston and Kevin Harris, welcome to the Shilling Show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank, thanks, Rod. Really good to see you again. You know, I had a, an outreach today from uh, not only on the phone just a few minutes ago, but from somebody earlier on who wanted to know about the people in the Waynesboro area who were doing the work you're doing. And I didn't get a chance to respond to him, but I hope that he's listening right now. And I'll point him to the podcast because people are really hungry for people to be active in God's name. And they're looking for models of how to do that. So I want to start out by having you tell us all about City Elders. What is this group that you're involved with? Well, thank you, Rob. I appreciate that. Just like everybody else, um, we have our own respective jobs and things like that. I'm in ministries. You know, I write books and do a lot of research on that. But the need of our nation has come to the forefront very quickly as things have gone down the sewer pretty quickly. So my friend Kevin Harris, the reason why I wanted Kevin to come, I co-lead this with him, Mm -hmm. and he was the one that actually came to me and said, look, we really need to investigate the city elders group. They're out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. The president, his name is Jesse Leon Rogers. And when they have meetings out there, the governor of Oklahoma speaks. I mean, that's how important they are Wow, and very influential. There's hardly a piece of any legislation that doesn't get passed that doesn't go through city elders out there first. So they're sort of like a, a model for the rest of the states that want to take this on and have that sort of influence and obviously very conservative Christian. So, um, we have Kevin and I have a mutual friend uh, who sent both of us a, a message, text, saying, hey, you need to check out this group. Because Kevin and I had, had already started a group, mm-hmm. and we were just kind of flailing around saying, what do we do? The place is collapsing. We need to do mm-hmm. something. So Kevin actually read the, the text. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> and he cornered me about city elders. So I would also like for Kevin to help explain what it is, uh, and we'll both jump in. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, yes, thanks for having us. Um, we're really excited to be here. Um City elders, when you know, after the the last election, there was a lot of confusion for conservatives, and and you know, I watched people, um, you know, on the steps of the Capitol praying, and yeah. you know, worship leaders worshiping, and you know, and I, I, I personally just went to the Lord, and said, Lord, what what's going on? I mean, we mm-hmm. you know, we sought Your face, we prayed, you know, and 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 this is not what we were thinking was going to take yeah. place, and and it seemed like the the nation was melting down, and I remember back in December, uh, you know, as I, I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, what's going on, and. And, and and I really believe he spoke to me to show me. He said, Kevin, he said, people saw me. They prayed. They worshiped. They saw my face. He said, but there was no repentance. Mm. There was no revival. And, um, and, and, you know, people, you know, we can't put our hope in Trump. We can't put our hope in a conservative politician. That's mm-hmm. what, not where God wants. He go, mm-hmm. he wants our hope and faith to be in him. Yes. And, and it was just a few days later, I get this text message from Mike and I go online and the whole premise or the whole concept of city elders is, it's it's you know bringing the church the church not a church mm-hmm. not a single leader um but bringing all of the christian leaders from three different segments the the the, the clergy um the civic and the family which is represented by christian business people and bringing mm-hmm. them all under the same umbrella and locking arms and then really spiritually beginning to rebuild this the walls of the city and establishing the the city gates the walls and, and re, rebuilding and reestablishing spiritually the, the gates of the city and, and protecting those on the inside. And it's the elders um, in the Old Testament. It was the elders' responsibility to protect those inside and let those come in or not come in and policy come in. And, and you know, we're supposed to be affecting culture. 
And the body of Christ, ever since, you know, for decades and decades now, we've sort of just keep running backwards and running backwards. And, you know, we've got this mindset, oh, we're just supposed to wait until the Lord returns and it's going to get darker and it's going to get worse. Um, but I'm of the flavor. I, I don't believe that we're supposed to sit back and just wait. Mm. He said, you, you better be busy about yeah. my father's business when I show up. When the master returns, he, he's going to expect us to be working. And, you know, whether it gets darker or not, the light, if it gets darker, the light's supposed to be shining brighter. Mm. We're not supposed to become part of the darkness. And unfortunately, it just seems like we're just getting, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And, and it's, I, I believe this. It was about a month and a half ago. It was in uh, Harrisonburg City Elders. And we were in a meeting and everybody started going around the room and they were talking about how they got saved during the Jesus movement. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they were tell, they were giving their testimonies mm-hmm. of how they came to faith and, you know, how they, they experienced Christ and during this, this revival. And it just dawned on me. It's, you know, we, we keep looking. I've been a youth pastor three times mm-hmm. and it, it just hit me, you know, that, that if the revival in America is going to come, it's going to have to come through the, you know, the, uh, the white hairs, the gray hairs, yeah. the note hairs, and the dyed hairs. Um, and and, 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 and it, the Lord hit me that day. And when I shared yeah. that, I was like, this, I was like, you know, because they're the ones that have the God consciousness. They're the ones that have the word of God in their hearts. They know what it's supposed to look like. The, the, this young, we always look, you know, my son, he's a youth leader at a church. And, he, you know, he said, Dad, he said, he said, we keep saying that the revival is supposed to come to the, the teenagers. And, he, and and I've been told that for 30 years of ministry. Mm-hmm. And I've preached that, I think, and taught that probably yeah. multiple times. And I do believe that part of revival has to come through them, but but there again, it, it would be like going to war and, and throwing them a weapon when they've never been trained going right. up against principalities and powers that have been doing this for you know thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. They 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 don't know how they don't know the word of God. You know what I'm saying? They haven't yeah. been raised, and and so we're we're going to have to look to the grandparents and the senior saints to. To, to to start worrying about the legacy for their kids and grandkids, and they're going to have to get they're going to have to get fired up. They're going to have to put some logs on the, their fire spiritually, and they're going to have to get engaged. And you know, worrying about a four hundred one ks and worrying about you know your golf score and how good you know how, how low you shoot uh, that that day needs to disappear. And you need to get back to getting on your knees and start interceding for your kids and your grandkids and and your nation because our nation's going to hell. I mean. It is literally, and and we talk about that a lot here, and it's it's manifested itself, and it's very visible now. For a long time, we were not able to see it, and I really consider that a blessing because, you know, I've been talking on this program for fifteen years, and and for some number of those years, I've been referencing the spiritual darkness that we have, not only in the country, but particularly right here in Charlottesville. And a lot of times, people couldn't see it, and if they don't see it, they can't believe it. And I think one of the one of the silver lining to the cloud of COVID was that particularly the government schools have been exposed as this indoctrination, this poisoning of our kids and the horrible things that have been going on there for a long time. Well, we just all wanted to think that everything was okay because it was difficult to lift up the rock and look underneath it. And so there are good things that have happened as a result of, of what I would consider in some ways divine punishment for uh, the country going astray and walking away from God. From a, from a very practical point yes. of view and turning that around yes kevin and i got involved with the business community the civic leaders tomorrow you'll see yeah we have the leader of the augusta county republican party there he's a full-on believer uh we hold i think 11 of the 12 positions within the republican party mm-hmm. now we just said rhinos that's it yeah and um but it has to be done from a spiritual point of view uh because our ethics and our morals need to be guided by god in the scriptures right. But we've just gotten involved, and we just had a conversation with another one of our leaders on the way over here. We're we're, we're talking to this these people who want to run for school board. Yes, both in Waynesboro, Stanton, Augusta County. We're vetting them. We're grilling them, mm-hmm. as it were, to make sure that they're you know fit the mold of mm-hmm. Are you going to push back boldly against Richmond, right. or are you not? Yeah. 
So there's this practical aspect that City Elders is, is engaged in in that civic arena that is extremely important, that is fraught with a lot of that spiritual warfare. Yeah. But it starts at the local level. Because what's I mean, look, I'm preaching to the choir with you, but the federal government has is overreached. We know that, and if it's going to be turned around, it's going to be the local level. Everything from the finances to the school boards to the librarian. I mean, mm. that it's going to have to come from the bottom up because clearly they have failed from the top down. And so we're just in, invested in Augusta County. We love our county. We love our community. We love our people. Kevin has been a pillar of our community forever. And so what we did when we were sent that email about city elders, we called the president, very humble man. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's been out here to speak to us, but we just dove in with both feet to say, you know what? We're the, I was walking up the steps in my basement one day and I literally said this. I said, when are the adults going to do something about all this mess? I had just come in from California and burned the cities and all this sort of stuff. And I heard this small, still voice, didn't hear it audibly, you are the adult. You do something. So I called Kevin and said, we need to get together and do something. So there's a practical aspect. We talk about the spiritual vision, Mm -hmm. and Kevin covered that. But, boy, have we put boots on the ground. Tomorrow you'll see. We have a lot of pastors who've gathered, a lot of business people, a lot of civic leaders in our little county, who have stepped up to the plate. And out of that, we've been able to plant several chapters in other counties around the state. So that city elders, it, it's backed by a, a good biblical worldview, mm-hmm. a, a fear, healthy respect yes. of God. And uh, we just started getting involved in going to the school board meetings and all of that sort of stuff that you see happening all over the country. When we come back on the other side, and we're talking with Brad Huddleston, Kevin Harris from City Elders. By the way, if you have comments or questions, We'd love to hear from you at 977-1070. I want to talk about the conflict that I've heard from some Christians about becoming political. So I want to address that because we touched on it earlier, but I think it deserves its own conversation. The Schilling Show continues and into our final segment with Brad and Kevin right after this. The Shilling Show rolls on into our final segment. Brad Huddleston and Kevin Harris, such an important conversation. City elders, I have the honor of addressing this group tomorrow. I'm so excited for that. But I'm more excited that they're here to talk to you today because it's a very broad audience. And I know that there's so much to say in so little time. So I want to jump back into the conflict that some face in Christians becoming political. And I've heard this from a lot of people. They look at a certain scripture and say, well, we're really not supposed to be involved in that realm. The people that are over us right now, we're all put there by God, and we shouldn't be fighting it. We should be accepting it. Let's jump right into that one, because that's critical to the conversation. Well, I'll go first very briefly. Yeah. It's Romans 13 is where it's you know yes. found. Basically, the way we address that, and, and we are very respectful of others who feel differently, yeah. because we interpret things differently. But in a nutshell... If you go back to the founding, the, our colonists, when British, the British were taxing us to no end, and then they became very militant, the question in those circles, because they all had a biblical worldview, is, well, what do we do? How do we defend mm-hmm. ourselves from this madness? It was actually John Calvin that stepped up to mm-hmm. the plate and said, look, we do have to obey the authorities unless they become tyrannical, and then we are obligated to fire on them to protect ourselves and our families. Now, that was an interpretation. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, they were empowered to fire on the British, and we had a revolution over that. Yeah. And then out of that came a constitution, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how it was handled back then, and I tend to take that view now. Otherwise, I wouldn't be involved, because if you do take that in isolation, mm. it does say that. But then there were some conditions. So that's uh, uh, Kevin can jump in on that, but we definitely believe that we do. They have been put here, the, the civil authorities, so long as they are following God, Mm -hmm. We follow them. The Mm -hmm. moment they become tyrants, 
we're obligated to protect ourselves and our families. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many biblical examples of this. Um, there again, people, people like to gravitate to things sometimes that make their lives easier. Um, that's just our nature. But there again, um, never in the word of God do we ever see God putting people in easy positions. We normally see God putting us in difficult positions. Why? Because when we go through on to the other side of it, that's when he gets the glory and the praise. And, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm-hmm. they, they stood up against the, the, the authority. And, you know, everybody knows the story. Daniel, you know, in the lion's den, he, he continued to pray. even though he was told, you know, no offense, but the pastors today would have told Daniel that he was not of God because he was not submitting to the authorities. I mean, uh, the list goes on and on. Esther, I mean, she saved her mm-hmm. whole people. You know, it, there's so many examples of this. I mean, Peter and all of those when they were arrested. You know, uh, they went. Is it is it is it right for us to obey man, or is it uh, or to obey God? You know, yeah. and and they said we, we can't stop preaching this message, even though you're telling us, and they were the authority on in in his realm of government. Um, so yeah, there's so many examples of it, and so there again, you know, pastors and, and Christians have got to come to the place that there again, the, the the things we're dealing with now, quote unquote, politically, they're, they're not necessarily political issues anymore. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, budgets. We're not talking about whether we're going to fix, mm-hmm. I, you know, I-64 or I-81. Right. We're, we're talking about whether we're going to teach kids morality, if we're going to teach kids how to transition. Know, how to trans- right. you know, we're talking about more moral issues, about abortion, about, mm-hmm. you know, there again, I, I'm a pastor now, co-pastor with my, my father at a little church in Stanton. And one of the things the Lord has shown me that, you know, all, you know, a lot of Christians are, you know, struggling with the whole LGBTQ situation from a, you know, a a sinful or, you know, situation. And, and for me, I've been ministering to it on a different, different angle. Uh, to me, what I feel like the, 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 the big attack from the enemy is that he's going after this generation's identity because mm. there again, if they think that they are all mistakes from, from the time they were conceived yeah. that, that they're again, and they don't know that they're made in God's likeness, that they don't know that they're made in God's image, that they were wonderfully, they were perfectly made. Their foundation is already built on sand. Guess what? They're going to be confused. They're going to be mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, struggling in life. And, and so he, he's doing everything he can to go after identity. And, our, and no offense to most of the ministers, but they're so scared to talk about these issues from a biblical. We're sort of leaving our kids out there just struggling all on their own to flounder through this whole thing by themselves. And, you know, and I don't I don't think it's so much the sinful part of it right. that God is so concerned about as much as is. Is, is their identity. He didn't make mm-hmm. a mistake. Mm-hmm. He's the Michelangelo to that little child. You know, he created them before they were formed in their mother's womb. They were wonderfully and perfectly created. And they need to know that so they don't feel like, well, I, maybe I'm in the wrong body. And maybe I like, you know, and all the messaging that's going, the enemy's just going after this generation because he wants to steal their minds, their hearts, their vision, their, their purpose. And uh, we've got, we've got the, the, the Christians have got to rise up and, 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 and fight for this generation. This is not the America we grew up in. You know, what's what what I think when I'm hearing all of this is that for so long we've been playing defense versus playing offense. And this is how we got into this position. So for many years, we thought and I include myself in this part of my own political awakening and uh, and faith reawakening was that, well, everything's okay. You know, it looks on the surface like America's doing well. Uh, we go to church, we're raising our families. You know, we're, do you mention the 401k? And it looks like everything's okay financially. But then we just found ourselves like constantly on the other end of an offensive affront, a demonic front that was, that was going after us personally, after our nation as a godly nation. And so we've got to get past what I would call a normalcy bias and, and, and resistance to get involved. Mm-hmm. And that's what I ask you because I'm hoping, I'm praying there's somebody listening right now that would want to get involved on in a local level and start this group in Charlottesville, Albemarle. So how do we get past that, that resistance and actually jump in and start something like this? And we've got about three minutes. I have found that if you care about people's children, Mm -hmm. 
uh, and because there's one thing that happened in Loudoun County. They they poked Mama Bear. Yeah, they did. So for us, if you make children the object of your care, and that's just one element of what we're dealing with school board members, because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they're going to defend those children. And you communicate very clearly that, you know, we, we care about your kids and you get involved. People will respond. The the other problem that we're having with the, with the pastors, there's some research that came out two to three weeks ago from, I think it was Arizona State Christian University. Mm-hmm. Only 37 percent of our pastors have a biblical worldview now in America. That's shockingly small. Well, yeah. that's why we, we've had to sort of do an end around yeah. and get the people involved and motivate them. But the children are one way to do that and to to go to the school board, expose what's happening. Um, where I don't know if you've seen the, the documentary, What is a Woman? I haven't seen it, but I'm well aware of it. It's on my, well, on my list. Showing things like yeah. that to try to get the message out there. But then city elders, we meet every Friday and we have, you know, we're, we want to be a haven for people to be able to come and, and be supported and empowered because there's a bunch of people that are like-minded. You'll experience that tomorrow. Yeah. You know, one of the things I feel like the Lord showed me um, a couple of years ago is that the American Christian, the American church, we, we like to sort of preach part scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the scriptures is love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. And we sort of stop there yeah. um, because it's comfortable. But the rest of the scripture says, and, 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 and love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's the hard part. That's the hard part. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we don't know. And then the other one, you know, you say, well, how do we do this? And how, how do we motivate people to get involved? Well, the, the challenge with the Christian church, well, not, what I see as well, is in the book of Revelation, is how do we overcome the enemy? Mm-hmm. Well, we've been taught by the word of the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. But we stop there because the next part is not comfortable. So we just sort of skip over this. Yeah. And, it's, and you love not your life even to the point of death. This is something our founders knew. This is something they, they did. This is something they were willing to do. It was willing to lay their lives down. And see, the problem is, is that our kingdoms are really here when our kingdom is supposed to be up there. Our That's king, right. We're and, focused and in the wrong we're place. We're focused in the wrong place. Yeah. And when you get to the place where you know what, it's more important for me to fight um, for my grandchildren and my children and for this nation to the point where I don't care about my life, mm-hmm. then, you're, then, then God can start using us. And, and that's where we got to get to. We are just about out of time, but I want you to tell us how people can be in touch with you. How how can they reach you online if they have questions or comments? Um, the, you can e- either email Brad at cityeldersva.com uh-huh. or Kevin at cityeldersva.com. Uh, that's probably the easiest way. We also have a City Elders Augusta County mm-hmm. um, a website that you can go to. And just do you have the, the uh, URL for that? Augusta County. <laughs> it's okay. Just just Google City Elders, City Elders Augusta, Augusta Virginia is yeah. what it is. Okay. All right. All right. I hope people will take advantage of the opportunity. I hope that we have sparked some interest and the spirit will pick it up from here in this area because we really badly need this across the nation. I'm so pleased that you came to visit today, Brad Huddleston and Kevin Harrison. I can't wait to see you all tomorrow. And thanks for joining us today on The Shilling Thank Show. Thank you. Thanks, we appreciate Rob. you. And that's going to wrap up today's edition of The Shilling Show. We'll be back here tomorrow. And it is the uh, appearance of our former Commonwealth's attorney in Albemarle County, Robert Tracy. My goodness, boy, do we miss him. Uh, Robert Tracy will be back with us tomorrow. Visit us online at shillingshow.com, and we'll see you soon on The Shilling Show. 
The views expressed on The Rob Schilling Show by the host or guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Mr. Schilling and his guests do not necessarily reflect the view of the Charlottesville Radio Group or any members of management or staff.